Welcome to Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? I am your host, Kristen Sparks. I am the CEO and founder of Roar Inc. Voices Our Power, communications and connections company. I am a corporate and personal growth facilitator. I am an infinite possibilities and certified success principles trainer, currently working on my master certification for the success principles and my BVC coaching certification. I am a facilitator, author, speaker, and thought leader. I am a cancer, broken heart, body, and soul thriver. 2022 is a power year and all about living our best life. I may live with chronic pain, but I find joy in every day in the act of getting up and having a new day filled with infinite options, opportunities, and possibilities of success. Roar with Sparks, How Loud Is Your Roar is all about you. Come join the conversation as we gather weekly to share wisdom, insight, and value, learning from and giving to each other and our special guests, sending our vibration higher and charging each other up all while having fun. Can't wait to see you here. How loud is your roar? Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? Today, I am with an amazing best-selling author transformational speaker, Echo Pelster. She is one of the most inspiring women that I have had the honor of knowing. She has written a book that is called Nobody's Child, Releasing the Pounds of Pain. She is also in a best-selling author in the book of transformation with Jan Frazier. She talks about everything in her life and how that affected her ability to lose and gain weight and what that meant in doing that. And Echo, we've talked a little bit about what was happening in this book and how this affected your life before we came on the podcast. And I really want you to help my audience understand this. But your quote that you gave me about what you do, I want to read and I want to make sure I get it right. So I'm going to read it. But it's helping people recognize with awareness where the mind goes, the body follows. I mean, boom. Hello. Yes. Amazing. I cannot wait to hear more about this book. Echo, please take it away. Well, good morning, Kristen. Thank you so much for inviting me. My passion is helping men and women who have suffered from obesity their whole life and to overcome those beliefs of obesity that are just there and they don't have any idea why they're there. They have these underlying subconscious beliefs that we can literally help them figure out. And that's what my coaching program is all about today. That's what I spend my time doing. And it's true. Where the mind goes, the body follows. And let me give you a for instance on that. Let's take a minute and think about the end of the day when you're going for a walk and you see your shadow. Well, when you go and you see your shadow, you see the perfect outline of yourself in a smaller form. So if you suffer from obesity, but you can't get a vision of what your body is like or what it could be like, now you can through your shadow. You can take a picture of your shadow. You can go and Photoshop it and dress it any way you'd like to imagine yourself. 
That's amazing. And I just give you a real vision of your own perfect silhouette and outline. And so when we look in the rearview mirror, we can only see our life as what it was in a very small window. But when we look through the windshield, everything looks different. And so that's what I do as a coach for my clients. And I don't take anyone that doesn't take a one-year commitment. And then they're in, they get lifetime membership to my success and support group because I've lost 770 pounds on the books. Wow, Echo. That's an amazing, that's huge. That's huge. How in the world did you do that? Well, you know, it was diets. I could stay on a diet for about 10 pounds. And I can't tell you how many thousands of dollars I spent on the next diet, on the next junk that I was going to drink that was going to make me thin, on the next procedure. You know, I had two gastric bypasses. I had the first one in 1984. I lost 60 pounds and there was no mindset. There was no anything back in those days. It was just get it done. Had insurance, got it done. I gained clear up to 357 pounds. Oh my goodness. In 2001, my inner self was calling me again and I paid attention to her and I gave her another gastric bypass. Now, how's that for insanity? That is insanity. Do it again. You know, do the same thing <laughs> over and over and expect a different result. Right? right. Exactly. Do it again. What I did was I did it again. I lost 203 pounds. I made my local paper. I was a local celebrity, but life started going wrong again. And I gained 114 pounds. And I realized that there has to be an easier, softer way somewhere. And you know what? There's not. The gastric bypass, in no doubt in my mind, I was 37 years old. I had congestive heart failure and pulmonary hypertension. I am sure that procedure saved my life. But you know what? It didn't solve my problems. My problem was I binge ate. I did compulsive eating. I woke up every single day with the right intention. I was going to eat right and exercise. Well, let me tell you something. People don't fail diets. Diets fail people because there is no amount of food or limit that you can go and tell someone who has this problem and have them be able to stay in it. So what I really teach today is I teach something that I learned from Eckhart Tolle. And he said that when we pray, if we'll pray with our hands about this far apart, we will be in the perfect space because on the back of the left hand is the past. On the back of the right hand is the future. And right in the middle is the present. And that's the gift right there in the middle. Yes. And so when we can live right in the middle, when we can find that space and get really grateful for where we are right now here today in this moment, in this recording, and feel right where we're at, the vibration becomes totally different. That's really cool. I love that visual. You've got some really great visuals. That was one of the things that when we first met that just attracted me to your energy because you have got these wonderful stories that you share and not all the stories are pretty stories, but you share them in such a genuine way. And I can relate to so much of what your struggles have been 
and to understand where you are today and how far you have come. You are such a victor. You are such beauty. I love your victories. I love your visions. I love you. And your energy is amazing. And I want everyone who is listening to know that the 1st of October, this new book is going to be dropping. And this is a book you, you've called. And that's my birthday. Which, oh, oh my gosh. I didn't know that. How exciting is that? Happy birthday soon. It's going to be dropping October 1st. This book has got the raw reality of struggle and strife and victory. You really have learned how to slay your dragons. Even if nothing is going absolutely perfect at any given time in your life, you know that you have the ability to slay those dragons. And I'm just, I'm so inspired by you. Well, thank you. You know, I'm going to be really honest. Uh, I have the reality of, you know, a lot of death and pain in my family. And here's the truth. Had I never known them, I couldn't feel the love and loss. So when the tables really turned for me and one of my most defining moments was when I realized that I couldn't even feel this way had I not had the grace and pleasure of knowing them because I lost four siblings in four separate tragic accidents and they were there at breakfast and gone at supper time. And because I was estranged from my family since like age 15, I prayed that I would be able to rewrite the end of the story where my mother was concerned because she basically hasn't spoken to me for over 40 years and um, how I wanted that to be a different story than what it's really turned out to be. But the reality of it is, it doesn't redefine who I am. I'm the only one that can define who I am. Eating something today or not eating it is just a choice. It's not about what's eating me any longer. And so when I go and I take that information and I know that, yes, there will always be things in this world that I would like to be different, but I only have the power to do what I can do. I can't make other people more than they are or more than they choose to be ever. And I give myself permission not to try. That's beautiful. That is just absolutely beautiful. Giving yourself permission that kind of goes along with everything that's been going on with me this month as far as the law of allowing has been showing up repeatedly. And that is really what it all boils down to is giving ourselves permission to whatever it is and forgiving ourselves for not being perfect, for whatever we think our part is in a given situation, just allowing ourselves to be forgiven by us. And just knowing that it can be. One of the biggest questions I get these days is, well, how do you find food freedom? That's a good question. They're like, how do I ever get free of that? Well, you know, what you fight, you always get more of. But what you surrender to becomes your friend. Oh, that's good too. Because you get a different understanding. And so One of the classes that I teach is on food freedom, but it's really about what is food to me? Because what you think is food and what I think is food might be totally different. 
And so we actually go through a process of defining what food is to that person, because I don't need a food list to go tell people what to eat. There's plenty of information out there and it's not working. Right. But if I can find out what their values is, then we've got a plan. And so now, you know, people often say, okay, but what do I do on special occasions? Well, my question is, is your treat mistreating you? That's something to really think about. And then my other question is, is it food to you? Because if it's not food to you, even at special occasions, it's still not food to you. So I can't tell you how many weddings I've gone to that I've eaten a handful of nuts and a cup of coffee and had a great time and danced my socks off. Right. That's such a good question. What is food to you? It is really the ultimate question. It's what is it that you want? What do you want? And whether you're defining your life or you're defining how you eat or you're defining a relationship, what is it that you want is really the defining question. I can't tell other people's stories, but for me personally, I have gone through gaining weight, I've gone through losing weight, and I have been on both sides of eating disorders because whether you're gaining it or losing it, they are a disorder. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's that the energy is not ordered. There's a foundation. It's not where it needs to be. I know someone who's gone through the bypass, gone through the lap band and still struggled with weight. And I know someone who has had an eating disorder where, you know, they're anorexic and, and bulimic. I've been in the middle of this struggle And it is really, when it all comes down to it, where your mind is with where you are and who you are. And I know you understand that because that's what this whole book is about. It's about how the disorder of the inside is what's causing the outside to be either big or small. And you know what I know for sure? I don't think either one of my parents ever woke up and said, gee, I think I'm going to do this so Echo will turn out this way. It didn't work like that. I'm sure they were totally clueless to how I felt because they were just absent from me. I just really know that they just didn't ever get to know me as a person, even as a small child when I was around. It was mostly go find something to do, get away from me, go outside and play. Those are the messages I mostly remember. But they didn't do that to cause that. And in the book, I talk about, you know, what I write about is my emotional memory, how I heard it, how it seemed to me, how it felt to me. And I've been on all sides of the spectrum you just talked about. I've been through thick and thin. And I have tried laxatives. I've tried puking. I've tried not eating. I've tried it all out of desperation, not realizing that looking outside myself and all those outside answers had nothing to do with where the answers lied and the answers truly lie within yourself. I've spent 38 years in some kind of recovery for this. And I even tried talk therapy at one time where you stay in the story and you really don't get past the story because there's no solution offered there. In fact, the more you tell the story, the more the story gets bound up in you and you get lost in your story and frozen there. 
Exactly. The more that you tell your story, the more that it becomes embodied in you over and over and over again. So you're victimized by it constantly. Right. And so knowing all of this, this is all something, you know, I've literally created 52 modules of my program because it's not a small multifaceted program. In mid-September, I'm going to offer a little 13-week course that will come with three months in our support group free. And the reason I'm offering that little 13-week course is it's really a course in awareness. It's going to bring people to that first level of really starting to understand themselves because I didn't know. I had no idea that I had any kind of eating thing going on until I had a mouthful of cavities. And my dentist said to me, he said, wow, you've got a lot of cavities. He told me what it was caused by, and I had to go to the library and look it up. And literally, I went and said to myself that day, I'm going to stop doing this. And I found out I couldn't stop. And see, if we could stop, we would have stopped on our own a long time ago. Exactly. We wouldn't need the help if we didn't have it. Well, I went through all the traditional methods, the gastric bypass going to stop me from the binge eating, blah, blah, blah. And it didn't work. Well, now I'm so excited in December. I just booked yesterday. I'm going to talk to a bariatric group of about 400 doctors that I'm going to be able to go and talk to them about you're saving people's lives by getting the weight off, especially if they have conditions like I had. But we're not solving the problem if we don't go deeper. My goal is that doctors will utilize my services for pre-care, pre-procedure, and a year after care. So I can help them boost their own success rates and referral rates because I know how important it is. Do I have a degree? No, I do not. But I have experience. There's so much more. Like I do. I have a, a PhD in the school of, from the School of Hard Knocks, you as well. People will grade you on whether or not you have a multitude of letters behind your name. Well, I can put a multitude of letters behind my name. It doesn't mean jack if I don't have experience in what it is that's happening. It's the same as the doctor who's a bariatric doctor, what they're good at is doing the bariatric surgery. They're not good at caring for the before and the after math of that surgery and making sure that the mind is where the body needs to go, just like you said. I understand this completely, even though they may have support staff giving you lists of foods to eat and how much to eat and going through you know, the nutritionist part of it, they might even have support staff that make sure, you know, that you're weighing in every three months and that you're losing the weight that you should be losing. But there's that absolute foundation that we all need in any transformation. And you know this as well as I do, because we both have the same mentor, Jack Canfield. You have to embody that transformation. And it has to be something that you while I don't like the word discipline yourself to do, I'm going to have to come up with a new word besides discipline because I don't like that word. (laughs) (laughs) 
Discipline is not a word that I really like with who I work with because it's not about discipline. They know what to do. How about above the line and below the line? I cannot tell you if you're food addicted. I cannot tell you if you're a binge eater. You're the only one that can tell you that. But I know for me, I am a sugar addict and sugar is 30 times more addictive than heroin. I just read a report on nimnet.gov that said opioid effect and dopamine effect from sugar. So, you know, go out there and look at what sugar can really do. There's 65 different names for sugar. Well, I have to look at that list. Well, actually, there's closer to 100 now, but when I first saw it, it's 65 names for sugar. You're getting it and you don't even know it. Well, I'm a sugar addict. If I feed a craving, the craving gets bigger. But if I starve it, it goes away. Now, how long do I have to starve it before it really starts going away? For me, if I get it in my diet accidentally, about five days. I believe that. Of really feeling that, wanting that. But having the awareness of going, okay, what's going on with me? I just ate two hours ago and I'm wanting to eat again. Well, what did I eat? You know, I really watch packages today because of this, because it's a big deal. Right. Just giving up sugar, I dropped 25 or 30 pounds. Just giving that up without changing nothing else. And so above the line and below the line foods is much more valuable. And I have things that I ask myself, what am I pretending not to know? What am I hiding? How am I hiding it? Because I used to like buy food for the grandkids that was really for my next binge just to have it in the case. Well, if it's not good for me, why would I ever feed it to them? Oh my God. Exactly. Our downfall was driving. We did um, RVing for three years and I went from 150 to almost 200 pounds. And for me, that, that was a lot. Like I said, I can't give stories of other people, but other people that are involved gained more because we would do the Oreos, the licorice, the chips as we're driving. And on top of that, I was a smoker. Well, in 2020, I quit smoking, which I never thought I would do ever. And it was one of those things I just decided to do, thought a doctor had told me that I needed to do it before a procedure. He didn't, but I swear he did. I swear he did upside one and downside the other. And I'm pretty sure it was the universe telling me I needed to quit smoking because that's what I heard. So <laughs> even though he says he never said that, I'm like, okay, interesting. But something that occurred to me when we were going through our training as transformational coaches and teachers and speakers, if I can teach myself to smoke, not quit, but to teach myself to smoke, because you really are teaching yourself, it is the most disgusting thing to learn to do. And I taught myself to smoke, I can teach myself to do anything. And if I look at it that I'm teaching myself to do something, I'm not losing something, I can do that all day long. I can teach myself not to eat the foods that I shouldn't be eating, not to need the salt. I can teach myself not to eat the sugar. I can teach myself to not do something 
then I'm releasing the energy around them. That's for me. Well, everything you just described for me is a non-food item. You know, it's just not food to me. So it wouldn't be a choice. Too much chemicals, too much everything. So it just wouldn't be a choice. I had someone say to me recently, I don't think I want to do your program because I want to have food freedom. And I said, tell me more. And they said, well, I want to be free to eat everything. And I said, so if you walk by that buffet over there of pies and cakes, can you walk by it and not eat it? And they said, oh, no, I'd have to eat it. And I said, then how are you free? That is so good. Because the truth of the matter is, if you don't have a choice, if you're not in control of your body, your mind, your heart, your soul, you don't have a choice, then how are you free? You're free when you can consciously make a decision to do something or not to do it. Right. When it's your choice, that is the ultimate freedom. And it's all about that. And so what I realized today is I can make a conscious choice. Like when I first started doing this, I gave myself an above the line piece of birthday cake, chocolate cake with chocolate buttercream frosting. And here's the truth that people don't realize. When I would think about that, my dopamine would shoot. I got the good feeling. But then if I wait four hours to eat it, it won't even taste good. Because see, it's not what the cake does for you right here and now. It's what the dopamine did for you. And so when I teach people about their dopamine and antigen and all those things and how they really do have more control than they know. And I teach people how to surrender and accept themselves because you know what? I had to love the me right where I was at 357 pounds at 250 pounds at size 32. I had to love myself the same way I love myself now at size 12. And so when I go and really look at the, factor there of listening to her, hearing her, sitting in the silence with her and allowing my body to tell me what it needs and what it wants, not what my head wants, but what it wants and embracing that. Then I can help people make a difference with who they are. Have you ever read any of John Bradshaw's work? I think I have a couple of his Back way, way, way back. I'm going to show my age here. Back in the early 90s, he did a whole series on inner child work. And I did every one of his books. Amazing, amazing. If you have an opportunity to reach back into the past and pull out some really good stuff. John Bradshaw, Inner Child. And that is what you're talking about is going in and allowing that child to speak to you, to have a voice at the table is the kind of the way I put it. And I allow that child the opportunity not only to speak, but to play, to come out and be the magical being that she is. That innocence that we had way back then is so important to allow our adult to feel and to be able to live with and sit with and, and enjoy. Well, and to find that moment of playfulness. One of the things that I really grasped when I was about six years old, we didn't have plumbing in our house, so we had to go to the outhouse. And it must have been in the summertime, in the spring, I have this memory. 
And we had a weeping willow near the outhouse because I was raised in the South. I had on a little pink baby doll pajama and pajama bottom. And I was out there dancing under that willow in that light breeze in the morning. Oh, yes. Can't you feel that as I talk about that? I really talk about what's your memory? How do we get you back? That's the feeling I want you to remember when you think of you. That's the feeling that you bring back to love. But I also do some other really neat things like helping people purify their kitchens and create a space in your home where you can love yourself. And every time you walk by that space, it reminds you of the love for that inner child. And so I am at echopelster.com. And you can reach me through there. Just fill out a contact form and send me an email and I'll be in touch with you. I have a tremendous coaching program. And right now for the people that listen to the Roar podcast and Christian, I don't know when this is going to air, but we will extend it for five days at air that they will get lifetime membership to the support group. Echo, that's huge. Thank you. Oh, my listeners will absolutely adore you for that. And take advantage. Yeah, they'll have lifetime membership of that. The support group starting in September will go to Thursdays. Right now it's on Fridays, but we're going to Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. And you can come to one or both sessions when you're part of my coaching program. So we just really feel like we need a community of support After all, I lost 770 pounds on the books. Obviously, things go up and down. Even though I've maintained my weight now for over 20 years, I really feel like this is something I need to go and talk about and express for people that we get to work on ourselves every day. We get to learn every day. We get to love one another in the community, stop isolating and be together. Oh, I'm so with you, Echo. It's Roar Inc. is voices are power. Roar with sparks is how loud is your roar? Because it is so important to put a voice to who you are. And that can be in any way. It can be through art. It can be through music. It can be through talking, podcasting, writing. You know, voices comes out in a million different forms. And so we support however it is that you want to express, but express, find your tribe, get in touch with one of us. Echo, that is a beautiful gift that you have given to my listeners. I appreciate that so much. And to the people who hear this through your connections, thank you for joining us. And I will definitely get this out to you just as soon as I can. I'm so excited. And then October 1st. I'm excited. We've talked about this this last several months about doing an interview together and we finally are here and I hope we'll do lots of them. I do too. I do too. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here today, Echo. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for being here and for listening and we will see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Roar with Sparks. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We can be reached at www.wrarinc.com. Thank you again, and we can't wait to see you here next week. 
How loud is your roar? 